Okay, if we were here last week, you will know that we had a volunteer Sunday. It was so much fun, and we honored our volunteers. And it is just conceivable that uh, you are a volunteer but were not able to be here last Sunday. Well, uh, we gave out these little medals, and if you would like to go to the volunteer desk, which we have set up just in front of the sort of mirrored glass there at the end of the service, and, and just tell us which ministry you're involved in, we'd love to give you one of those. It was just such fun. We had a great time. And the other thing is, it actually, while, while we're talking about volunteers, it did occur to us, the staff, that is, that, that um, you know, it, there may be folk who went away, and they've been thinking about it, and praying about it and thinking they should volunteer. Well, this morning we're going to make that easy for you because the volunteer desk, as I've already said, is there. And just go and sign up there. Uh, we, we, we value uh, and, and uh, rejoice in your help. So please do that. Okay, let me pray and uh, we'll get straight into, into uh, the, the written word, God's word. Father, thank you. Let the past not define us, O oh God. Let our expectations of what we can or cannot do that our, our understanding of, of who you are, let our levels of faith, mustard seed though they may, may be, may they not define or, or indeed limit you in all that you want to do in us and through us. And so, Father, we want to say, please, Lord God, would you release to us the kingdom? Would you release to us your creative word and Lord God, whatever I do, whether I amuse people or not, and clearly I didn't this morning, but whether I amuse people or not, Lord, let the word that goes forth be effective. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is the beginning of a new series called The Way, and um, it's something that I wanted to preach on. As, as the year progressed last year, I became uh, increasingly aware, uh, sometimes these things happen, don't they, that... You know, that all around me, people were playing light with just the whole business of integrity. I could give you various examples. I'm not going to do that. Both actually within the church as well as without the church. One expects it outside of the, of, of the church, but within the church, it's kind of like a, a, bit of a, a bit of a surprise. And so I felt that, you know, at the beginning of this year, we would want to maybe teach a little bit about that. And so that, that teaching in in of itself really begins next week. But this is a bit of a prologue because we're still, I, I, I think we can still say we're at the beginning of the year. So I wanted to teach today on not the, just the way, but a slight sort of variation on the way and just talk about the way ahead for this year, the way ahead. And uh, so we're going to just spend a few minutes thinking about that, maybe setting our course for this coming year. Last year, um, you know, I, I have to say, and I think most of, most of the the leaders were saying this on Tuesday when we had a leaders meeting, it was actually a very challenging, very difficult year. Personally, Fliss and myself found it really, really about as much as we could handle. And yet, curiously enough, the church did extremely well. The church as a community in terms of what we were able to accomplish and what we, you know, the, the number of people we baptized and the number of groups that we birthed and the number of churches or the, or the church we planted out, all of the kind of indicators were great, but it was just at a, a costly year. It was just a costly year. Many, I think, felt like that. But there were many things to give thanks for. In fact, why don't I just ask you, as you think about our corporate life together last year, what, what are the things, what are the little highlights that pop to mind? Just shout them out. And the room goes quiet. <laughs> prayer. prayer, thank you. Yeah, we did a major emphasis on prayer. You know, trying to raise our game. And that's one of the big, big payouts with the Growing Family campaign is that I think we've really matured in prayer. 
And if you were here last Thursday, a couple of three nights ago uh, at our call to prayer, many of you were, thank God. Um, you know, we've really grown up a bit. I'm not saying we're there yet, but we've really made some progress. And I am, I'm so delighted that that came out first because we really have grown in prayer. We, we've learned more about the whole business of intercession and using scripture to pray back to God. So that was great. Okay, let's have one or two other things. Feed just goes on from strength to strength. Thank you. There was something over here. What was it? Somebody shouted something out. Connect groups. Yeah, we, uh, we, we had a, a complete revamp of our connect groups last year, our small groups. And Richard told the leaders on Tuesday that we've got nine new groups in the offing waiting to be birthed. I mean, that is phenomenal. Give that team a big round of applause. And then there were all the fun things that we did. You know, there were, you know, the baptisms, I have to say. I mean, one sense, in, in one sense, it's, it's almost the culmination of all we do because this, this whole sort of, you know, the church is about making Christ known and, and extending that invitation to unite with Christ and, and to meet the Savior and to be saved and to be baptized and be raised from the dead. You know, all this kind of, you know, this is the very heart of what we do. We are in the business of saving souls. We're not dealing with a Sunday meeting, uh, you know, every seven days. We're dealing with eternal destinies here. You know, people, the course of people's futures are being changed in this place, and there's nothing quite like baptisms to sort of express that and capture the imagination. That was tremendous. And then there were the things like the comedy night. You know, we tried that. We just always try it. It was a huge success, you know, an absolute an enormous amount of fun with that. And then, of course, we had Robbie Dawkins come in, uh, I think it was April. We've got him coming back in uh, somewhere or other, February or April, March, something like that. And, uh, and then the Global Leadership Summit, we hosted a big uh, worship um, recording here, all sorts of great fun things. But at the heart of it all is the person of Jesus, who we continue on to see lifted high, you know, lifted high. People, if, if they know nothing about us, if they, or they, if they don't even like what we do in terms of our community work and all the rest of it, let them at least say, well, they clearly know Jesus, you know, please God. That'll be enough for us. Okay, turn with me then, if you've got a smartphone, a smart device, or even a Bible, you know, turn with me to uh, Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, and I'm just going to read through this passage, and then I want to just really make two simple points, uh, which in my view are what it's all about for this coming year. So Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 7, this is the Apostle Paul, he's in prison, he's writing to the church. And uh, he has actually just been reminding them of his, and there is a reason for this, it might sound a little obnoxious, but he's just been reminding them, quite frankly, of who he is or where he came from. And, you know, to, to, to say he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth perhaps understates it. You know, he was the very best of families, the best of educations, the best of this, the best of that, every opportunity, and he made the very most of it. And he was a very zealous and religious young man. He was quite simply, as he puts it, righteous. And to be able to state that, you know, in that culture was pretty awesome. So he's just done that. And, but, but he goes on here in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, you know, whatever benefits, whatever privileges I was entitled to, he says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. 
I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, not just simple participation, he says, I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, some of you who know your Bibles and are a little bit theologically astute, you may raise half an eyebrow at that point. Paul is not doubting his salvation. He's not doubting his election. He's not doubting the gospel. It's not that he's saying, I, I hope if I try hard enough, I might get to heaven. It's, it's a statement of humility. He realizes what he was. He realizes what he was and where he came from and how he persecuted the church. He sent fellow believers to the lions in the arena and the rest. He knows what a handful he was. And so it's a, an expression of humility. God has done an amazing thing for me in saving me and revealing himself for me. So that's more the, the sort of sense there. And then it goes on, verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do... Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. And if I have a, a personal thing and a thing that I've realized is, is, if you like, a banner that we, you know, if, if we were of that kind, if we were in the, in the business of, sort of putting plastic banners behind the, the platform here, then this would be what we would have up this year. It would be pressing in, pressing on. Got it? Say that with me. Pressing in and pressing on. And this little passage in Philippians is sort of equally balanced in those two things. Let's just talk about pressing in. I consider everything a loss to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You know, Paul had seen it all. But when he found Jesus, when he had that encounter with, with the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, as he, as he waited for God's deliverance, because, of course, that blinded him. Ultimately, of course, he was healed of his blindness. As he then went on to the desert, as the scripture tells us, and studied and reflected and prayed. And fi finally, when he went to Jerusalem and presented himself before the apostles and saying, look, I'm sorry, I know, who you, I know you might be scared of me, but, but truly I have met with the living Christ, and I have met no one but no one like the living Christ. No one like him. And, and you know, I, far be it that I should compare myself to Paul, but you know our story well, Fliss and my story. But just if I can dare to remind you once more, you know, Fliss and I had it made at a very young age. We had known extraordinary success. You know, I was in my early 20s. I did not have a mortgage, and yet I owned a house with three quarters of an acre and a jewelry manufacturing business, a small one maybe, but that's not bad going at 23. I could buy anything I wanted. And yet, in the midst of all of that, not because I was particularly wanting it, but because God actually initiated something there, I found Jesus. 
I found Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's actually quite exciting, you know. <laughs> Come on, wake up. Don't laugh at my jokes. And, you know? <laughs> They're half asleep this morning, Mark. I found Jesus. And, you know, once I found Jesus, that turned everything. It wasn't just, you know, something, you know, a little, a, you know, a, a nice accessory of my perfect life. And it wasn't perfect by any means. Anybody who's had wealth or anything knows that it doesn't solve too many problems. It solves some, but not all. But it wasn't suddenly that I found Jesus and I thought, oh, that's nice. That kind of sort of meets a need. But suddenly, having found Jesus, I found, I, I, I suddenly wanted nothing but Jesus. And we were totally crazy. You know, we sold the property. We gave the business away. We, we just went absolutely bananas. And as many of you know, my father-in-law was so appalled. He was not a follower of Jesus at that time. He cut us out of the will. He thought we were crazy. Later on, he became a Christian, and he put us back in the will. So that's fine. <laughs> so... Yeah, joking apart, I mean, it's, it's the truth. But when you find Jesus, then you know it all. And, and for, 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 for Paul, it's not just ascending to a philosophy. It's not just a, a nice way of living my life. Uh, curiously enough, my father-in-law, bless him, you know, he was not a Christian, but he started a business which ultimately became very successful, and he based it on Christian principles because he thought that was a good way to live your life. There was no personal connection but matters of integrity, ways of doing business. A bit like the old Quakers. He was quite taken by the Quakers, the way they did business. And people you know, used to do, you know, Quak Quakers were famous for being you know, grocers and butchers and candlestick makers and all the rest of it. And people preferred to do business with them, whether they were Quakers or not, because they knew they got a fair deal. They didn't got a cheap deal. They may not even get the best deal in terms of, you know, but they got a fair deal. And that was a time when you know, people were quite happy to sort of doctor weights or or, uh, you know, sort of, uh, they would put chalk into milk, and they would put sawdust into flour, and that was common practice, but never with a Quaker. You got, if you bought a pound of flour, you knew it was a pound of flour, but it was no sort of two for the price of one by one, it was, you paid for it, but you got, and my father-in-law thought that was great. But the difference, when you know Jesus personally, suddenly you want to, you know, you know, you, you, suddenly you realize that everything else you were striving for, and I was striving for plenty of things, suddenly they pale into insignificance, and that's what Paul is saying here. And he says, you know, I want to press in to Christ. You know, here I am in prison, and I'd love to be with you guys celebrating and, you know, sharing God's word and breaking bread together, but I'm in jail. But you know what? You know what? I'm, I, I haven't got nothing to do because I want to press on into Christ. He talks about him very affectionately, very personally. He talks about Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's personal. It's personal. Christ Jesus, my Lord. So the first thing then is, as a, as a, as a people, and you've heard me say this many times, and I'll say it until I drop dead, so help me God, the first call on our life is to press on into Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want us to become better prayers. We're going to do another course on, on prayer this year. I want us to do that so that we know more about the deeper things of God. And I want us to be doers of God's word, not just sort of, you know, just hearers of God word, God's word. And I, I want us to be more compassionate in our feed ministry and expand that whole ministry in other ways. You know, this isn't just, it's, I'm saying it, I'm personalizing it for impact, but this is, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. 
You know, it's, it's lovely the way that um, God speaks to Abraham right at the beginning of their relationship in Genesis 15.1. He says, do not be afraid. There's a lot of fear around these days. A lot of fear. He says, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your protector, and your very great reward. I want to get to that place where Jesus is enough. I want us to be that congregation where, quite frankly, Jesus is enough. doesn't matter what else happens, but Jesus is enough for us. And in the midst of our busy schedules, you know, I don't know whether you've been listening to the radio or reading the news this morning. They're saying that, you know, you don't have to join a gym. Just do 20 minutes walk exercise, this, uh, you know, a day. If you can walk... For 20 minutes, that'll add years to your life. Even people are struggling with weight issues. They said more than even obesity and that kind of thing. If you can exercise for 15 minutes, that will add length to your life. Well, I want to say, church, let's spend 15, 20 minutes a day in God's Word and in prayer because that will add years to your life and the quality of your life now. The quality of your life. I want to be that kind of person. And, I, and I, 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 want to be, I want to encourage you to press in. We are going to be a people who will be pressing in to the presence of God, to all that Christ has for us. And the other side of it, pressing in, is pressing on. Pressing on. I press on, Paul says. I press on. Let's just look at that, uh, 13, 12 to 14. Thank you. I think we've got that on the screen. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the exciting things very early on, I, I, I've always, you know, Den was right a few weeks ago and he said, I love the book of Ephesians. I do, and I'm not alone in that. It's a majestic, it's a royal book. It, it, it's a wonderful book. But as chance would have it, it was probably the second passage of Scripture I read when I met Jesus. And I was struck because I had a very clear vision of what I wanted my life to be. But in Ephesians, in Ephesians it says this, God has things which he has, works which he set apart for us to do. And that really shocked me because I think, I thought, you know, I just did my life and God blessed me. That was the deal, wasn't it? You know, I said my prayers and turned up at church and that was Christianity 101, wasn't it? But suddenly it turns out that God has an agenda. And, and the other thing I want to say about this, this, this preach this morning is that, you know, whilst this can so, we, we can apply this to ourselves so well and effectively, but actually Paul is, is, is wanting as a community, the Philippians, the church, and indeed St. Albans Vineyard, to understand that this is God's goal for us, that he has things in mind for us. Thank you, that dear brother there who shared that word. You know, you've no idea what I want to do. What was it again? I've no idea. I've no idea how large my plans are for you. Well, I mean, I thought, well, thank you, Lord. If ever I needed a confirmation, I'd be preaching on the right thing this morning. That was it. God has things in mind for us. You know, and I... You know, I want to press on with all those that he, those things he has for us. You know, the, the, you know, this last year we, we, you know, I, I didn't honestly, I didn't think when I stood up, you know, the, this time last year, and I, I talked about getting one of the buildings around us. In fact, we've been talking about it since September uh, 2013. Can you believe? I didn't think that I'd be standing here a year on, and I still not have got one. 
But the reality is that's where we are. And I want to press on. I'm not going to give up on that. I want to be like one of those little terriers with a bone that just simply will not let go. Just because it's hard, just because it's difficult, just because there's opposition, just because all sorts of weird things left, right, and center keep coming up. I personally, I don't want to give up on that. You know, if, if God has got something in store for us, I want that. I don't want to say, oh, it's too messy or too hard or something. You know, Paul says, I want to participate in Christ's sufferings. So, you know, it's not just a, a bless up for me, Paul says. He says, I understand what Christ did to, to win this for us and count me in Jesus. You know, that means I've got to be in jail. Well, then that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, so, so it's been tough this last year. But it, you know what, Jesus? It's okay. Because there hasn't been a minute throughout this year, a moment, a millisecond, where I thought that we are outside the presence of God or the blessing of God. And so we've all borne it. We've... we've Taken the setbacks, the frustrations, and all the rest of it. And you know what? I, I, I want to say something. <laughs> next Sunday, please God. Next Sunday, please God. I want to say at the end of the service, why not walk round the corner with me into that place which we've, born this, we've bought this week? Would that be good? Anybody agree with me? <laughs> Helen, bless her heart. Um, Helen Fellows gave me a word in July of last year about there being delays. Do you remember that word you gave me? I was reading it, I don't know, about delays. And it was a great, it was, and then a whole, like, a, whole, a whole load of scotch was delivered. It was a kind of, kind of interesting dream or something. <laughs> kind of crazy. I think she'd been eating cheese that night or something like that. No, it was, I read it yesterday. I thought, this was God. The Lord spoke to us about there being delays. But actually, you know, when it came, the Spirit came, you know. So thank you. I, so anyway, let's pray this week that next week I'll be able to say to you, why don't you walk with me? And we'll go and have a little walk, wander around our new building. Okay, let's do that. Now next week you've got to come to church just to see me fail spectacularly. <laughs> or walk with me. One or the other, I don't care which, just come. Okay. As we press on, Paul says, I'm not going to dwell on the past, you know, the, my, my fabulous life, or my terrible persecution of the church. And my prayer for us as we press on as a community is that we will not let the past define us. That's not past define us, but past define us. I will not let that happen. Christians tend to run out of street steam because they start off with good intentions and then they trip over and then, then they go on the side of their heel and then somebody smacks them in the face. And after 15 years of that, you know, you're ready to give up and let one of these young people have a go of it. Oh, flip. It's about sharing the sufferings of Christ. Jesus said, you will have troubles in this life. Amen? Amen. But do not worry, I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. Yes, we're going to press on. We're going to... Uh, I think I preached a series in, Sept in 2013 called Living Forward. I picked up one or two of notes from that. I want us to live our lives this year in the light of eternity. I, not just in the, the yesterday's failings or the difficulties of that. I want to get that grand perspective. I want to live forward and live my life in the light of, of eternity. I want to live my life grateful for everything that is happening at the moment, but knowing that there is more to come because God's word says there's more to come. 
It's important you carry gratitude with you, but you live forward looking for the more that is still to come and working to that end and making sacrifices to that end. I want to pull the future into the present. Why, you know, why would we pray, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if that was not the case? We've got to live with that kind of expectancy. You know, church, we are a prophetic people. Joel 2, which is a, a passage which is you know, beloved by, by our Pentecostal and charismatic brothers, and I guess we've seen in that stream, you know, uh, it, it's about the church being a prophetic people. So we begin to live out in humility and expectancy, the promise of the future now. So we all know that there is a kingdom that is breaking in upon us. There is God's kingdom, God's heaven. There is an eternal future for us. But in the community of believers, you and me, folks, that heaven begins to break out among us. That was what was happening when we were just waiting on God and I was doing that sort of weirdness. Put your hand on. We were just giving God the opportunity for a little bit of eternity to break in, right? There's going to be more of that. We live our lives in, in the light of that. And then finally, we live our lives as if our life depended upon it. It doesn't. It depends on Jesus' life. But do it with enthusiasm and passion and vigor. You know, Ephesians 3, 20, 21, which for two years now has been kind of an undergirding passage. I don't think we put it on the screen, but I've got it in my Bible. It says this. It says, uh, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So the way ahead for this year is going to be all about pressing on into Jesus, taking hold of that which Christ has taken hold of for us. Striving, struggling, if you like, sacrificing to see each other and this community with the eyes and in the light of what, how, how God sees us, pressing on in, but then pressing on with those things, not giving up just because, as one planner said to me years ago before we had this place, he said, you, ha you do not have a snowball's chance in hell, that was what he actually said, of getting planning permission for this place. Well, I'm sorry, here we are. <laughs> You do not have a snowball's chance of hell. And this was the chief planning officer at the time. Well, here we are. And please, God will have another one as well. So, as the band comes up, thank you guys. Let us love one another, let us love this community. Let us love his church as if our lives depended upon it. Let us give and sacrifice and put up with the tough times as if our lives depended upon it. And let us serve, serve one another as if our lives depended upon it. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you that you've not left us purposeless. We, you've called us to be bearers of the name and carriers of the flame. 
bearers of the name of Jesus, Christ followers, followers of the way, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord God, we thank you that we're bearers of the flame, the flame of your Holy Spirit, Lord, the one that empowers us, the one that comforts us, the one that leads us into truth when, when there are lies around us, Lord God, the one that gives us the power to persevere, the power to sacrifice. Lord God, thank you. We are bearers of the name and bearers of the flame. We ask, Lord God, that you would indeed bless us this year and lead on, Lord Jesus, lead on.